Hello there. Welcome to the very first episode of a new podcast uh, for fibromyalgia awareness. Whether you spell it with an I or a Y, whichever side of the Atlantic you're on really doesn't matter. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> and if, if you're not in the same boat, if uh, in other words, if you are uh, not a sufferer or if you're a medical professional, a carer or a parent or brother or sister, child of somebody that has fibromyalgia, then what we need to find, in my opinion, is some kind of like commonality, uh, a way where we can all understand each other better. Um, because I think possibly the biggest enemy that fibromyalgia has is the modern media and ignorance. Uh, but also, we get kind of bi-weekly, monthly, um, kind of bogus claims from various interests, should I say, corporate business interests, pharmaceutical interests, people just looking to cash in and make a, uh, a quick book off of people suffering. Um, that, you know, we, we're bombarded by, with things that we're told that are going to be the next great big cure, the next great big treatment, the next thing, whatever. And yet so many people uh, just suffer and are full of prescription drugs. You know, they're just kind of um, resigned to the fact that they've got to take prescription drugs just to kind of quash and suppress the symptoms. Because as we know, and if you've uh, listened to uh, any of my post-concussion syndrome awareness podcast uh, uh, before, uh, allopathic drugs, that is modern day medicine or meds or prescription drugs or big pharma drugs or medications, whatever you want to call them, they don't treat anything. They just suppress symptoms. Um, we always misuse the term um, you know, like, we're, oh, you know, kind of medications to treat this, medications to treat that, uh, you know, kind of doctor's drugs to treat this and that, but they don't treat anything. Treatment means to, to work through something, to start to get to the root of it, to heal it. Uh, like you're getting functional medicine or therapeutic medicine or naturopathic medicine or homeopathic medicine, all these other different things, um, which are oddly enough what uh, allopathic modern medicine uh, demonizes. So we, we seem to have got a lot of things um, kind of uh, back to front on the head and put the, the horse before the, uh, sorry, the cart before the horse, not the other way. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, medications suppress symptoms. So if you've got fibromyalgia, you're in pain, you're in fatigue, you can't sleep, you, you're just worn out, uh, you've got stomach, bowel issues, IBS, you've got, uh, you know, all kinds of issues. You've got anxiety, depression, panic attacks and things. Um, if you've got, you go to your doctor, you've got, as most people do, uh, if you're depressed, we'll give you an antidepressant, which may, well, depending on which one you take, and for how long, uh, may kind of work on some of the symptoms or may uh, kind of uh, suppress your lack of serotonin or they may kind of boost your serotonin levels for a while. But as soon as you come off that drug, or if it doesn't work, that's it, you're back to square one. Or you're possibly even worse off than you were before. With pain, uh, similarly, 
and I know I've been through this for years with fibro and, and got off the carousel, luckily. Um, you might get morphine, dihydrocodine, uh, codeine, tramadol, gabapentin, all kinds of things. But the thing with suppression medicine, which is modern day drugs, is that they only work as long as you take them and they only work to cover up the actual problem. Uh, now, so so many people use these drugs that the, the whole concept of healing, the whole concept of treatment, and, and I'm not going to talk about cure because that's, that's still something we're, we're nowhere near yet, but the whole concept of healing is so alien to you. You, you, you kind of thinking about how, how to heal the root causes of certain symptoms and you've just no concept in your mind whatsoever about how that can be done. And I, I hold my hand up, first of all. I was the same. Um, I think my fibromyalgia uh, originally, uh, obviously, as we'll get into discussing later, it, it is a condition that is with you for life, I believe, a disability which is with you for life. But it, it escalates and gets triggered in stages. And so my first main trigger uh, was as a child, uh, which was um, violence against me, uh, being kind of, you know, kind of uh, having physical abuse, mental, emotional abuse. And that triggered stomach issues, because uh, quite a lot of the time I'd be uh, kind of punched and hit in the stomach uh, by a family member. And it was hard. I was going to the doctors, um, uh, you know, kind of my parents taking me to the doctors at a young age with terrible stomach cramps and stomach pains and problems. And I, I, I was too young. I didn't know to relate it back to that. Um, but as, as I got even into my teenage years, you know, kind of violence and things against me continued. So that was an initial trigger. But that wasn't, that was an early stages trigger or what I call early stages trigger. So it didn't actually take me into full-blown fibromyalgia. What really took me there was about 20 years ago, um, when I had a against kind of common sense, uh, and because of my own unawareness, I had a, uh, one winter, I had a, um, it was after winter actually, it was springtime, I had a chest infection, and all of a sudden the doctor's like, oh, you've got to get a flu jab, you've got to get a flu jab. Uh, and I was only 25 at the time, and uh, I, I just automatically went, oh yeah, okay, eventually I give in to, you know, them kind of like scaring me, the, the fear of having to have this flu jab, uh, because I'd had this chest infection. And so I went in and had the injection, uh, and went away within an hour or two, felt really, really sick, um, felt really exhausted, just like all the life had been sapped out of me. And then overnight, uh, I had these, like, uh, this fatigue continued. My uh, gut started to hurt. Um, I had um, pain in my body, kind of weird, strange pain, not just down the arm where the in, the flu jab was given, but, but all over. Uh, and this continued, like, for several days um, and even got worse over the course of two or three weeks. Uh, after that, I had like another week off work, and before that, I was totally kind of pretty much fit and healthy, really. You know, leading an active life, going to the gym, working, uh, you know, kind of busy social life, everything. And uh, that was 
what I thought was really like a stage stage two trigger. Um, the third stage was a few years later. Uh, and also within a year or so of that, I developed terrific uh, varicose veins in my legs. My immune system suffered. I would constantly be having kind of like a week here, a week there off, off work, and it became a problem. Uh, but then I had to have my legs operated on, and I had, I think, 42 incisions on my legs, six weeks off work, hip to toe in bandages. Um, and all these little things just kind of piled up. Um, my energy was never the same again. Um, and then the third stage trigger, because I usually believe, I believe that fibromyalgia triggers often in three stages, whether it's trauma, accident, illness, injury, bereavement, uh, grief, or virus, or whatever it is. The third stage was uh, August 2006 when I had two head injuries in, ten min- in the space of 10 minutes. Uh, and then it took that third stage kind of unraveled over the space of a year or so and then a, a further head injury, and then it was like, bang, you're full-blown. I was literally on my knees and just exhausted. So, yeah, talking about fibromyalgia is a very emotional issue for those of us that are going through it. For other people, um, whether they be health professionals, nurses, doctors, and so on, uh, they really can't talk with the same level of expertise that we can. None of them, in my opinion. I've never met one yet that has understood it. I've met some, mostly the ones that have absolutely got no clue and uh, didn't understand it whatsoever. So we, we can have a level of expertise on our own illness, our own condition, our own disability, um, because it is, and we, we need to campaign uh, more for this to be recognised as a disability, as it is in certain countries, including places like Spain, where they've recognised it as a lifelong disability. So, yeah, uh, after that, yeah, I didn't even know for about three years what I was suffering with. I thought it was related to the head injury. I thought it was, you know, in hindsight, looking back, it's obvious. Uh, but by about 2009, I've seen a rheumatologist Again, a so-called specialist uh, at a hospital um, near where I live in Bradford in Yorkshire in England. And this chap was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll test you here. I'll test you the pressure points. And, you know, you know, you kind of like you, you fulfill all the criteria. Uh, and with what they previously knew about me, they give me the diagnosis from the physio and stuff. And he said, oh, well, you know, uh, on the second visit back there, he was like, well, you know, don't worry too much. It'll just burn itself out in three or four years' time. You'll be okay. And at the time, I was like, what? Is that right? Is that true? And then it didn't take long to kind of realise that this guy was, yeah, seriously lacking in wisdom, knowledge, information, everything, basically. Um... But that's generally what you're going to get with the modern day healthcare corporation business, uh, because that's that's generally what it is. Now, if you live in the USA or Canada, um, mainly there now in most places you've got the benefits of, say, cannabis oil, CBD, and kind of products are, are there to help with the chronic pain and things. Uh, but in the UK and other places, um, 
we've got a weird situation where uh, if you go to your doctor and say, doctor, right, these painkillers and things don't work or I can't take opiates, they'll go, well, oh, you should get CBD oil. You should buy yourself CBD oil. Uh, but if you don't work or you haven't got the money and you can't afford it, then you're screwed, totally screwed. You know, thinking paying uh, 60 to 80 pounds a month or more for CBD oil when you're getting 100 pound a week in, in benefits or, you know, kind of welfare, um, then, you know, it's not really an option because you kind of have to eat some food sometimes and pay some bills. So uh, the UK Parliament passed a law two years over two years ago to say that CBD and cannabis and things could be used medically, uh, but yet they've only prescribed it to a handful of people. Um, so we know the law needs changing because we know that plant medicine and we know that things uh, out there can help, not just for fibromyalgia, but other conditions which are linked and related or even not related, uh, such as PTSD, depression, anxiety, um, and all kinds of stuff. So where are we now with fibromyalgia? Well, um, if you take a look around, and I'm going to refer to the internet, most people um, will be conversed with what, what's on the internet. If you go to a search engine, any search engine, and you put in terms for fibromyalgia, whether it's with an I or a Y, you're going to get a whole just chaotic mishmash of misinformation, misinformation, more misinformation, and occasionally the odd gem of decent information. And of course, when you're in that mindset, if you've got fibro fog, if you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you're tired, it's a really, really, really hard, difficult task to sort out the chaff from the wheat. There are a few, there's a handful of books on fibromyalgia some are way out there, um, but possibly still worth reading, um, such as, you know, kind of the, the book on fibromyalgia, which talks about the guafanacin protocol, uh, which is I'm not still not quite sure about. Um, but there's some others which are more like guidebooks or handbooks, but there's still a really kind of lack of decent books out there for fibromyalgia. Um, YouTube, yeah, it's just generally full of people giving their accounts of how they feel, which is kind of like emotionally based accounts of my fibromyalgia, you know, what I deal with, how I deal with it. And people are kind of using whatever they can. It really is. With fibromyalgia these days, I think in this day and age, where awareness is still rising, the whole treatment process is kind of like the Wild West was. Back in the day, it's like every man a woman for themselves. And of course, more and more men have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia or are, are kind of coming forwards. <clears throat> it used to be one in eight uh, fibromyalgia sufferers was a man. Now I think it's uh, one in four, one in three or something. Uh, it, it, it's really, really Oddly, you know, maybe uh, because men are, are usually demonised for expressing, because fibromyalgia is an emotional illness. It's an emotional uh, disability and illness, chronic illness as well. Uh, in the past, men have been kind of demonised and um, kind of made fun of for expressing their emotions or expressing weakness uh, in uh, in 
patriarchal and matriarchal societies, um, both by men and by women. It's not it's not a dig at anybody, but in the past it's been greatly discouraged. But now, as things are changing, we are evolving. We're deciding what we want to kick out of this unuseful attitude set that the past has brought us. But we, we're getting past it. We're getting onto the stage where, yeah, men are allowed to say uh, and talk about how they feel and, and what they're suffering with. Um, whereas before, it was generally, the focus was principally on women, but not all of the time. Um, so, yeah, things are becoming more equal in terms of uh, how, how people can express what they're going through. Um, now, there's um, a, f a few things um, that, that, that kind of come uh, to kind of disrupt the apple cart in many ways. Uh, some of these are the legalities or the legal kind of view of fibromyalgia. Uh, just like here in the UK, uh, we have the D DWP, which is the Department of Work and Pensions, which is like the government's uh, welfare agency. Uh, and they've been waging a war for the last few years on people with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, ME, uh, and so on, uh, whereby they uh, paid a lot of scientists and experts to distort the truth and to lie um uh, to to basically to science and everybody else, they created this whole scam. It was very kind of mafia esque. Very, they spent millions and millions of pounds marketing it as well. To say that people with ME and CFS, it was all in their heads, and they just needed CBT. They just needed some counselling to to get it out of their heads, uh, and, and you know that then then they'd all be better, and they could go back to being useful citizens. So I think um, this has been challenged. Uh, Doctor Sarah Myhill. Uh, is a, a, a wonderful British doctor who uh, had been hounded by the NHS and the MHRA, uh, but very, very truly knowledgeable and courageous lady. And um, she was the one that kind of brought that to my attention. Uh, so with fibromyalgia, it's a little bit harder for the, the government here to uh, kind of um, wage an information war against it or propaganda war against it, basically. Uh, but still, uh, you can easily be denied any benefit or any kind of disability benefit, personal independence payment, they call it, PIP, uh, if you have fibromyalgia. And uh, similarly, I'm sure, it's, I'm sure there's something similar in, in the USA and other, other countries as well, but the scam goes like this, right? If you're prepared to take all of the prescription medications and to become a, you know, pretty much a zombie, you know, f just covered in uh, side effects and uh, kind of problems from using like four, five, six, seven, eight drugs and, you know, get on the drug bandwagon, the corporate drug bandwagon, where they, the UGP can profit, you know, maybe a couple of hundred pounds a month uh, from dishing out these drugs to you. If you get on that, then they'll write you all these letters and the specialists and they'll say, oh, this person is truly disabled. You know, this person is truly, really uh, having a, t a terrible time. And, uh, they, you know, they therefore, they will get the, the PIP payment. You know, they will get that. And uh, we've got all this evidence. You know, you've seen these doctors, you've seen these specialists, these people. And basically, this is a scam. Uh, so thereby, the GP makes money. Your doctor, your hospital makes money. The drug companies make money. 
And the kickback from that is the government then pays you money. So everybody wins. It's like um, if you're prepared to do that and, you know, kind of sell yourself and, and do this, this ridiculous dance of taking all these drugs and prescription medications that are never going to heal you uh, and you possibly don't need, then you'll get maybe, I don't know, two, three, four hundred quid a month, maybe even more. They might even give you a car, you know. If you if you that full of, that full of prescription drugs, and I'm not saying this for everybody, um, but you know if you're that fucked up uh, with you know kind of drugs, prescription drugs, you'll get paid for it. Right now we go to the other side. If you because fibromyalgia, as we know, has uh, brings a, a great sensitivity to many chemicals, many substances, drugs, illegal and legal prescription drugs, all kinds of things. If you are unresponsive or you have bad reactions to most prescription drugs, like I had down the years, and, and you know, they just had horrible, horrible uh, kind of counter symptoms and things, you get to a point where you've had enough and you can't take them and whatever they, whatever they give you, your body reacts to and kind of like rejects it. So you're there. So in that case, you're not going to be going to see your doctor or your GP, and you're not going to be getting referred from one specialist to another anymore because all they will give you, all they will do is give you drugs. There's no other treatments on the NHS. There's no other treatments from the, the modern healthcare system. You know, I, I went for, for, I think for six months for so-called physio at the hospital and I never received any physio. <laughs> I would go like once every few weeks and, uh, uh, you know, kind of sit with this lady who was a physio and she she never ever, she never ever treated me at all. She never gave me anything. At the end, you know, end of it, she gave me some sheets with some exercises to do, which are absolutely, utterly useless, pointless, absolute token kind of like thing to say, you know, get, get out of her hair, go out of her, you know, bugger off. And um, that was that. And at the end, on the last day, she was, she was waving me off. She said, oh, you know, you've probably got fibromyalgia, don't you? And I was like, fibromyalgia? And then I went away and looked at it. So, yeah, you, you kind of, uh, if, if, you, if you don't fit into that, that kind of uh, um, pattern of what they want which is for you to take their drugs for you to take all the drugs you can which in in the short term might seem all right in a year or two or three or four but i bet you if you stay on that carousel like i did for like four five six years or, or more you're gonna get serious serious health problems you're gonna get serious mental health problems you're gonna have serious issues in your life you're gonna be seriously zombified you're gonna be seriously screwed in the end, um, and I, I know I'm saying this because I've been through it, but I know people have been through it for longer than me, and they are truly, truly uh, suffering. Uh, some have died, a couple I know have died uh, from the prescription drugs, and, um, you know, others are just like literally mentally, emotionally, physically crippled because... It's not the fibromyalgia that's doing it to them, always. It's the flipping drugs. It's the medications. They've got antidepressants. They've got tranquilizers. They've got sleeping tablets. They've got opiates. They've got 
mood stabilizers, they've got you name it, whatever they want. They've got fentanyl patches, all kinds of stuff. We've got, and we go into kidding ourselves that th- these things aren't drugs. We go into kid- kidding ourselves that these medications that the doctor gives us, oh, are okay because they're legal. You know, my mindset is that, well, oh no, this is all right because the doctor's given it to me. It must be fine. It must be okay to take for years on end. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sorry to, sorry to break this to you, but um, you may well find out in time that it's not. So yeah, the, the benefit system here is pretty much um, a, a royal mafia-esque scam, in my opinion. Uh, it really is. Um, I'm not prepared to do that. Uh, you know, by working on your diet, exercise, uh, by working at taking supplementation, um, and mentally as well, working with different types of healing, energy healing, sound healing and things. I'm no expert. Like I said in all my other podcasts, I'm I'm nobody. I don't have any education, hardly. I don't have any uh, medical training and so on. But all I have is a determination to want to feel better, to want to get better. Um, and yes, before you say anything, I have been through years of taking prescription drugs. And yes, I have taken other types of drugs and plant medicines and things um, that you know I've, I've used to try and relieve my pain. And you get demonised. You will get demonised if you take anything that's not from the doctor. So years ago it used to be, you know, if you used cannabis or cannabis oil, you'd be absolutely demonised. But that that kind of stigma has died down now as it's becoming legalised. But other things as well, you know, if you're in so much pain, you you will literally... What people that don't have fibromyalgia don't understand is that if you're in so much pain and fatigue, you will literally take anything that you can find. Um, unless you, you're conditioning or your background or your religious background or your programming kind of determines otherwise. And then, um, you know, then you may, may kind of like just suffer in silence. Um, so there is pl- also plenty of hope for the future. Uh, with different treatments and things which are coming online now. Uh, But we're going to get to those in in future podcasts. Um, For anybody listening that doesn't have fibromyalgia, um, and and one of the the biggest, greatest questions that gets asked all the time is, what is fibromyalgia? Well, fibromyalgia, a chronic condition probably with you since birth, maybe dormant. It is uh, not only chronic inflammation of myofascial tissues and tender points in the body and nerve pain. Uh, It can even be migraines and headaches as well. So it's a whole nervous system, central nervous system, which is overreacting to pain and uh, intensifying pain like I talked about, uh, you know, if you are, I've suffered a lot of violence against you or abuse in childhood, you may, it, it can desensitize your brain to pain, uh, sorry, sorry, sensitize you, your brain to pain so that, you know, uh, pain has such a worse effect on you and you feel more pain than normal, normal healthy people. Uh, on top of the pain angle, you have the fatigue and the insomnia angle then. So these are like the different layers of fibromyalgia. It's, if I had to describe it, it's a multi-layered 
chronic syndrome. FMS, fibromyalgia syndrome, is one of a group of around 40-odd arthritic types of illness. It's not actually arthritic, but it's an arthritic type of illness as it's classed. Uh, it was called fibrositis back in the day, and a few other different kind of names. Um, but with a fatigue element and the insomnia element, it's kind of imagine having having like a smartphone with a faulty battery. Yeah, so you, you, most people's batteries you can charge them up to hundred percent, and the battery will last them all day or into the next day. With your fibromyalgia faulty battery, you might only get a charge up to about 45 percent, fifty percent, and then you can use that charge. You can kind of use that energy, but in no time or in much less time than a healthy person, uh, your battery will be flat again. And sometimes it, it will just won't recharge. It will just kind of creep up a little bit, 5, 10, 15, 20%, and then you, you just can't get going again. On top of that, you've got the mental and the emotional aspects, which is mental ease, is brain fog, headaches, migraines, uh, other issues. And emotionally, you've got anxiety, depression, and the fibro, fibromyalgia fog or fibro fog, which fits in between the two as well. So you you kind of building up the different layers and seeing how, how uh, dangerously uh, painful th this this uh, illness, this condition can be, this disability. Um, what else have we got? So then you got your, like your digestive, gut, and bowel issues, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, you can have lots of issues with food intolerances. I have histamine intolerance as well, which has come as a branch off from, from fibromyalgia, but it, it can be, you know, where your gut and your microbiome are concerned. That is possibly the main trigger point for the later stages of fibromyalgia is when your gut and microbiome health breaks down. Um, now, the thing that links a brain with your heart and your gut is the vagus nerve. So you've got vagus nerve in there as well, which runs down your neck, through your heart, into your gut. And when this isn't stimulated, when it's not firing properly, then that adds to the issues in your gut. So certain foods that you're eating, your body may be kind of reacting to and thinking that pathogens or toxins and things, uh, which leads to kind of diarrhea, stomachache, constipation, bloating, fast weight gain, you may uh, suffer with leaky gut, uh, reflux, all kinds of things. Um, so those kind of like the three layers of fibromyalgia, that are the three main layers, uh, which is like the pain, fatigue and insomnia, and then gut and, nerve, and kind of like vagus nerve, uh, stomach, digestive symptoms as well. There are a lot of other major symptoms but I think if you think about it and you try to explain to people in, in those terms that, yeah, the three layers of fibromyalgia, it's like a tri-layered uh, disability or condition. And I think that makes it easier because we try to s explain it all at once sometimes. We try to uh, get it all out in one thing. It's, oh, it's pain, it's, it's stomach and, and it's, it's kind of fog and it's depression and anxiety as well. And then, then it kind of just becomes um, 
it seems unconnected when when the symptoms seem random. So if you can try to think to explain it to people in that way, like I learned one, two, three, um, it can make a lot more sense because then it kind of it's more linear in your thinking and your explanation of it as well. So um, in terms of the podcast, well, we're going to look through a lot of different symptoms and treatments and therapies and hopefully get some good people on for interviews uh, to, to chat as well because that's always a really good way uh, to connect with other people. And I think your connection to other people uh, is really, truly valuable and truly important with fibromyalgia. Because if you are stuck on your own in isolation and you've only got, say, the internet or Facebook or, or whatever for, for help, then, you know, it can be very, very, very daunting uh, and very lonely and isolating as well. Um, as fibromyalgia isn't recognised as a disability in, in I'd say, 98% of countries, it's not recognised as a debilitating, lifelong uh, and, and, and it's also something that's um, uh, degenerative. It gets worse and worse and worse if you don't d- do anything about it. If you, you, know, you can try and tackle the symptoms, but if you don't try and tackle it with therapy or treatment and you only take drugs, then it will just get worse and worse. Um, so, yeah, it's important that we connect with each other. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to, uh, obviously, a couple of people I connected with. Oh, God, how long is ago now? Um, from the uh, fibromyalgia group on Facebook, fibromyalgia for men. Uh, there's there's Rick and Paul. Uh, that uh, I think it's been we three or four years now. <laughs> kind of give my memory, but uh, yeah, by and and Julio as well, who's in Mexico. Uh, so yeah, there's there's people that I've met along the way and on my journey. Uh, and the people in like different communities in the post-concussion syndrome awareness community and even in like healing circles and things I work in, you know, different different people where people just crop up that have fibromyalgia. And you can always, I can always kind of like tell who they are even before they've said anything. They kind of, they have a certain way about them. They have a certain uh, kind of, they have a different pace to other people. And you, you can kind of get a hint that they are going through something similar as well because of the way they talk, the way they speak, the way they act as well. They're not quite as frenetic as, as some others. So, yeah, it's truly important that we do reach out to each other. Um, my own issues with Facebook and social media is that it stops true communication. It prevents you from engaging a lot of the time with your own community and seeing people in your own community uh, and talking to them, your neighbours and people as well. Um, as, as social media is very, uh, these days it's been kind of very much hijacked and turned into uh, a lot of the time like a narcissistic kind of woke battleground of people kind of slanging, slinging mud at each other. Um, and even, even with the, the good people that you connect with, you can often, you know, because it's all just like typed sentences, little snatches and sound bites and things, you can't always truly connect with somebody. You know, you can agree with somebody or disagree with somebody or whatever, but it's not the same as picking up the phone to somebody or, or looking somebody in the eye and having a, a real heart-to-heart conversation about fibromyalgia or anything else. So... 
there may be points in this podcast where you you get to um, kind of connect and, and, and mentally, emotionally with other people uh, and hopefully to encourage that as well. Um, there isn't a group on Facebook for fibromyalgia awareness at the moment that, that I'm running as a cause for this podcast, um, but that, that may well come in future. Uh, and get in touch and let me know if, if that's something that you'd like to see or if, if it's something you'd like to get involved in as well. Um, you can get in touch with me. Um, I'll give you, well, the email address, uh, which is um, david74, which is D-A-V-I-G-E-7-4 at gmail.com. And um, you can also contact me on Facebook, David Bottomley. Um, that's bottomly spelled B-O-T-O-M-L-E-Y and if, if you can't find me that way look up Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness Worldwide on Facebook or on the podcasts Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts as well and you can get in touch with me with that, that way before we get anything else going uh, so I'm going to leave it there for now uh, in the future episodes, um, they will be themed and there will be different things from, well, what's called alternative medicine. But I'm probably going to start by explaining why modern day allopathic, that's drug medication, is the cuckoo in the nest. That is the alternative that has hijacked healthcare, it's hijacked um, everything since 1910. Uh, and the history of how that happened and why it happened. Obviously, it was happened for profit, but, you know, the actual, the real in and out details of how they uh, literally threw all the eggs out, all the other eggs out of the nest and claimed the nest and ate the eggs and, and kind of uh, uh, been on this kind of uh, psychopathic, sociopathic kind of, uh, we are the only medicine, we are the only gods in the uh, medical world kind of ego trip ever since which unfortunately we've all been born into whether we like it or not because unless you were born before 1910 you probably won't know about that so okay yeah so we'll probably get to that in the next uh, uh, podcast episode with maybe a bit of history about fibromyalgia as well um, and yeah if you're listening to this and thinking what the hell's he on about well yeah there's some seriously uh dodgy shenanigans that have gone on uh, over the years and uh, it's partly my job to kind of ed- educate and tell people where to look so they can make their own minds up uh, because if you just trust the person because they've got a white coat on or because they're sat behind a computer which has got a search engine which is paid for by pharmaceutical companies and they type in your symptoms and it, that gives them back a drug you can take and you, you just trust in that person, well, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of the machine, my friends. Okay, so thank you for now. Thank you very much for listening. And I look forward to speaking to you again very, very soon. Cheerio. Any and all information given on the Fibromyalgia Awareness Podcast is not intended to be taken as serious professional advice. If you need professional medical advice, go to your healthcare professional, go to your doctor, your GP, your specialist, or whomever is in the establishment. And 
please take uh, anything that we say, uh, anything that I say or my guests say, as uh, something which you can look into. As an intelligent, sentient human being, you are probably already aware of this information, and you do not have to take anything I or anybody else say as the whole truth. It is only one aspect of the truth. If there is information, things that are suggested, recommended, or whatever, we don't, we're not linked to any kind of commercial interest or advertising or anything like that. So please go away, think about the thing, do your own research on the internet, read it, read up on it, ask other people, but don't take our opinions as advice. Thank you very much for listening.